Ads, schmads. If you don't want ads, that's okay. Choose the Dave McWilliams Plus option on Apple Podcasts. And hey, presto, no ads. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. To understand the economy, you have to understand human nature. This podcast is powered by Acast. How are you doing there? It is time for the podcast. And today we're going to talk about the Irish economy, what makes it tick, Irish inflation, Irish public sector pay deals, Ooh, how they are. Yes, exactly. How they are fabricated, how they are engineered, how they are executed, and what it tells us about the way in which this country works at a very fundamental level. That's what we're going to talk about, John. What else is on your mind? Well, I I tell you what, our audience is getting younger and younger by the day. This is great. (laughs) And and international, of course. I have to give a little shout out to Lucy Petrosi. Oh, I like Lucy Petrosi. uh, Italian? Italian and Irish. Well, like like Eliza here is Italian and Irish, you know? That's true. Exactly. That's true. Well, she's a 13-year-old and she's based over in St. Teresa's School in Effingham. Where's Effingham? In the UK. Yeah. And the reason why I'm bringing Lucy up is is because... This is great, Well, I tell you what, she was asked to do an essay on hyperinflation and its impact on Germany in the 20s, at the age of 13. Wow. So she wrote this essay. education system than ours. Well, yeah. So she did this essay. She did brilliantly in it. But one of the reasons where she garnered a lot of marks from the teacher, whose name, by the way, is Mr. Breeze. Which is kind of cool. cool, exactly. As he breezes in. As he breezes out. (laughs) Apparently he's a very inspirational teacher. But Lucy quoted the David McWilliams podcast. Wow. She's the, 13. The, the, the episode we did on 1923. And on German still, hyperinflation. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. fantastic. Absolutely that brilliant. fantastic. So fair play to her. Fair play. Well, uh, Ashley Kyo's daughter, Lucy Petrosi. I love it. I love it. Hyperinflation. Yeah. Germany, 1923. The podcast's. It's like Carlsberg. It brings you places other beers don't go. <laughs> anyway, let us discuss. Lucy, how are you doing? And it's great to have you on board over there in Effingham. Is that the name of the place? Effingham, yeah. Effingham over well there. Well done, Mr. Breeze. And Mr. Breeze in the UK. Now, let us talk about this weekend in Ireland. This last week, there has been a very significant public sector deal where the public sector workers, all 372 or 3,000 of them, got a deal equivalent to about 10.2% 
increase over two years, right? So that is the big, mm. the big thing. Yeah, yeah. And that got me thinking about inflation and how inflation is impacting on the world. The reason is that obviously public sector wages are tied to inflation, which is completely fair enough. But of course, what you'll notice is in the states now, the election or re-election chances of Joe Biden are, before we talk about Ireland, mm. are heavily linked to the reaction of the Fed in terms of what they're going to do as inflation continues to fall in the United States. If the yeah. Fed cut interest rates very dramatically in the face of falling inflation this year, Biden's re-election hopes will go through the roof. If they do not, if they do not, that feel-good feeling in the United States will remain muted and your friend with the orange face <laughs> will do very, very well. If so, he's not in prison. But, if he's not in prison. But what's the likelihood of that, though? Well, the likelihood, well, we don't know, because that's the, that's the Fed, as I said, yeah. the, the giblet watchers, you know, the giblet watchers who watch the Fed. So the Fed watchers <laughs> who look at the giblets in the chicken and see yeah. where are they going to go, right? But the point is, inflation is going to be material to all elections this year, right? Yeah. But particularly in the United States. And the reason the United States is because America is a debt-fueled economy. Mm. And they love low interest rates because low interest makes the housing market boom, makes the retail market boom, makes the stock market boom. Yeah. And that makes Americans feel richer. And it all gets boomier. It all gets boomier, as Bertie said. The boom <laughs> is getting boomier, right? And, of course, it was also the man who referred to... Uh, <laughs> do you remember his, his, his great one about Temple Bar? When oh, he, was, he was right, so you know that in Paris you have the left bank. Yeah, and uh, Bertie referred to Temple Bar in the nineties as Ireland's West Bank. <laughs> <laughs> one of the great ones. One of the Come great on, malapropisms of the Bertser. <laughs> anyway, the boom is getting boomier, but so that's why inflation very very important in the United <laughs> States. But that brings me to here. Yeah, and that brings me to looking at inflation in Ireland and. One thing really, really, before we come to the public sector, right, one thing really stands out in Ireland, which is that if you look back, we know that in the last 24 months, we've seen two spikes in inflation. One is energy-driven, which is yeah. a, resulting from the reaction to the Ukraine war. And the second one is the delayed reaction to the pandemic. So supply chains tightening up, yes, yeah, manufacturing yeah. prices going through the roof, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Both of those had this one-off impact on inflation, which is why people like myself decided that we were in the team transitory on the inflation yeah. side, that in fact inflation would spike and then was gradually And then there's, a, there's going to be a third spike in the post as well from the Israel-Palestinian conflict. Well, and as we were talking uh, about the uh, other day... The Houthis and, the Houthis, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. But the, the idea is that whether or not we are talking about spikes in inflation that are event-driven and then dissipate or in actual fact, is this a 1970s style yes. change in the way in which inflation builds in the society and in the economy? Yeah. Now, what is looking now is that the transitory view that it was a spike upwards and it's gradually coming down is probably the right one. Mm. But that masks something very interesting in Ireland, which is the following. I'm going to go back. And again, I'm going to talk about public sector pay deals and I am not having a go at public sector workers, right? So right. park that. I want to look at the system. Yeah, so, so don't be writing in your postcards. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Shaking your fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have none of that. All right, so let's park that for a second. But let's look at inflation, right? Yeah. If you look in the last 20 years, so forget the Ukraine, forget the supply chains, forget the pandemics, what's been happening to you, inflation in Ireland, right? So, John, the first thing to look at is if you look at over the last 20 years, 
right? The aggregate CPI index has increased by 48.4%. That's about 2.2% per annum. That's the average inflation. Just remind me what the CPI index is. The CPI is the consumer price index. So it's a whole load of different prices, but a very good question because I'm now going to go into that, right? Right. But if you look, so that's the average inflation. But if you look at where is it coming from, what you see is a completely different picture. So when you isolate certain things, prices are falling. People don't realize that prices have been falling dramatically in certain areas. Falling. Not just rising less quickly, mm. falling, but increasing in other areas. And this is what I want to get to. Like, like for, give us an example. So for example, clothing and footwear, a massive, massive expense in every family, putting clothes on kids and shoes on kids, right? That is amazingly, prices have fallen by 37% right. in okay. 20 years. Fallen, yeah. right? The other huge area is internet telecoms, phones, fallen by 10%, right? And again, a huge thing is household appliances. I know you like to buy a fridge, John. <laughs> I know you like a dishwasher. I know you like a flat screen well, At least I know how to use them, Mike. I, well, that's very true. <laughs> but those prices have fallen 20% since 2003. Really? So there's been a okay. massive... So if you only consumed, if you only put shoes on you, yeah. clothes, watch telly, bought dishwashers... Tick, tick, tick. Tick, 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 <laughs> and spent 24 hours a day on your phone, your rate of inflation would have collapsed, right? Wow. However, if you were a normal person, right. okay, <laughs> and you <laughs> you have to look at the rate of inflation in other areas, right? The rate of inflation, housing, water, electricity, and gas, right? so housing and energy, mm. has gone up in the last 20 years by 159%. Right. Okay, about 7.2% per annum. Education has gone up by 121%. The price of education has gone up by 121%, or about 5.5%. Can I ask you about that? Like, what does that include? Is that the fees in colleges and schools? Fees in colleges, schools, it's the cost of the state of education. It's all those sort of things. Increased dramatically. Right. And and is but teachers' wages have teachers' gone up. wages, okay. everything. They've all gone up, right? And 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 and, and of course in South Dublin, grind schools, John. Oh, tits, right? yeah. Okay. But it's gone up by 121. So we're talking, remember, about 48% inflation in general. Yeah. yeah. But in housing and electricity and energy, it's 159%. Mm. In education, the increase has been 121%. In alcohol, John, something very close to your heart, it's gone up by hundred percent. Booze prices Don't have gone it. up by 100% in 20 years, but largely taxation. Yeah. Largely yeah, yeah, taxation, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Because, of course, every budget, you just put a bit of excise on the booze. As, say, and booze as, as I was saying, the definition of a centrist dad is us <laughs> off the booze for January. <laughs> yeah. like, no, other, a fortune. no other generation bothers with this carry-on. Restaurants have surged. Healthcare has gone up by 78%, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you identify, okay, well, what is the common denominator with these five areas that have gone up? What is the common denominator? It's housing, in gas, other fuels, water, all these provisions. The state is a huge player, number one. Mm. Education, the state is by far and away the only player. Of course, yeah. And in health, exactly the same, right? It's the massive player. So what you see is that in areas where Ireland competes in the international market, like in telecom, where there's telecom companies driving down prices, Mm. or in, for example, shoes and clothing or importing clothes from outside. Those sort of areas, okay, what you see is dramatic falls in inflation. But in areas that are we call non-traded, so in the traded area, stuff we're trading in, 
inflation's falling. Yeah. But in the non-traded area, inflation is rising and rising oh, very, and very wh- quickly. Why is that? Now, then you look at, say, whose fingerprints are all over the areas where yeah. prices are rising? It's the state. Yeah. Right? So the state is involved in areas where prices are rising. Now, does that mean that the state doesn't look for value? Does that mean when the state's doing contracts, it says, well, don't worry about it, right? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's hard to know why, but the data is very explicit. Right. Where the state is involved, prices have been rising very dramatically. Now, you might say it's a lot of the state areas are very, very labor-intensive, mm-hmm. right? And because they're labor-intensive, people cost more money, et cetera. Or you might say that there's bottlenecks, but take housing, for example. But, but it's also areas like health that you don't really want it to be completely privatised. I'm not saying the solution is privatised. I'm just observing where the inflation's coming right, from. Okay, right, fair okay, fair enough. Right. Just observe. So it's coming from the state. So that's that's okay. That's okay. But then we've got one final piece of the jigsaw, which is the public sector pay deals. The trade unions in the public sector are rightly saying, look, if inflation's rising, we're going to look to get commensurate increases in pay for our members. Of course. Because their purchasing power, their their standard of living will yeah, fall, right? Yeah, they're getting right? poorer, yeah. Exactly. So a big part of national policy are these big public sector deals, the one of which we had in the last couple of days. Mm. And that drives a huge amount of industrial relations in Ireland. But what you have is bizarrely, so the state is where lots of inflation has been generated from. The trade unions sit down with the state to discuss inflation but it means that one of the parties to the negotiation is the cause of inflation. So, right, okay. right? so you've got this bizarre situation yeah, yeah, yeah. where the trade unions are sitting down with the state to discuss inflation, which the state is causing, yeah. which is kind of bizarre. So rather than do deals with the trade unions, they should be trying to get inflation down in the areas that they control in order to have negotiations against a backdrop of moderate inflation, not high inflation. Okay. So this has all got to do with the what they call the productivity of the public sector. Yeah. So if you're paying the public sector, the public sector pay bill is is rising and rising and rising and rising. Why is this, number one? And are people getting value for money, number two? Mm. So I'll just give you the economic theory behind it. Go on. William Baumol, an American economist, John. Right. Good name. Tell not me as about good him. As, not as good as Mr. Breeze, in no fairness. Way. No way. Nobody's good as Mr. Breeze, but not Baumol. So Baumol had this theory about why costs in normal liberal democracies rise dramatically, particularly wage costs. And he basically said there's very low productivity areas, which is the public service. It's mm. very, very low productivity areas. Those areas should, in general, have wage increases that are reflective of productivity, right? Hmm. But they don't. They have wage increases that are much higher than productivity. So why is this? And he says that basically what happens is that very high productivity sectors in an economy like Ireland, for example, the multinationals, who have massive capital investment. So the productivity per worker is very high. So they can pay much more. Those guys actually set the wages for the society. And the low productivity sectors, like the public sector, try to match their wage increases to the high productivity. Now, what that means is that there's a massive flow of income from one part of the society to the other's part. Right. So there's a massive flow of income from the part of society that generates all the income, which is our manufacturing, our public sector, our private sector, and it goes to the public sector workers in order for them to maintain their standard of living. So it's a weird dynamic. And, but, and of course, Ireland is weird because we have a massive multinational sector. But I was going to say that what's also weird about that is it it's 
kind of comparing apples and oranges. So you have a multinational, say it's Intel or whatever. Yeah, and, take Intel, and, and good, they good make, example. They make something. They they come out with a chip. Yeah. You know, there's an Intel and chip. And there's a productivity idea there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and that's measurable. It's very measurable. You can target that as well. But in a bureaucratic kind of organization, institution. You can't hurt. Yeah. So how do you measure that? So let's come back after the break and discuss the productivity of the public sector. And the reason this is important is that if your public sector is not productive, your quality of life diminishes Mm. because the public sector provides so many services that are in quality of life. So if you're comparing like Ireland and Denmark, one of the things you've got to compare straight away is what's the productivity of the public sector in both those countries. Right, okay. Because that explains a huge amount to you. Okay. So let's come back and discuss this after the break. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Now we're back in the room. We're back in the room. The phones have been ringing like with public sector workers saying, you're only, you're only a fascist. Well, well, we, had, we had to go for tea break there, we had Mike. to go for two tea breaks. As John was dunking his Marietta biscuits, <laughs> I remember when I worked in the Central Bank mm-hmm. Classic. Do you remember Pavlov's dogs where your man rang the bell and the dogs used to come yeah, around and yeah, yeah, yeah. fed, right? At 11 o'clock, so you'd come in at 10. Right? Imagine yeah. this, right? And you're in flexi time. And at 11 o'clock, you could hear the tea ladies with the tea trolley. Right? And if you're coming around, you hear the clank of the tea, right? Yeah. Always Kimberly Mikado and Marietta Biscuits at 11 o'clock. So you'd get in, you might have the paper read yeah. by 11. Then you had your tea break. And you'd all go into the fella's office and the tea came out in those those, those big like two litre teapots, big yeah. massive teapots. You'd have a cup of tea, have some particularly nice Marietta with the butter in them. Oh, squeeze, the butter, yes. Squeezed yeah, between yeah, the pores, yeah. dunked into the tea, and then the tea would look like a greasy spoon, you know, the big grease on the top. Great stuff. Well, I, I know of somebody, just speaking, and we're not slagging off. We are circuit, slagging but off. But let, let me just say, like, I know somebody who, because a radio program went over time, because it's a sports program, went over time, they took the whole station off air because they hadn't agreed to work past six o'clock I, in the I, evening. That doesn't surprise me at all. I swear to God. So, so there, and the thing is, there's some of these work to rule practices which are very, very 
damaging, I think, to, to, to workers. I remember presenting shows in places that will remain nameless, RT, and, <laughs> um, and like camera crews would just go. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So if you're doing your shiny floor afternoon telly thing <laughs> and you look at the camera and so there's nobody there because <laughs> yeah. it was after four or ten past four or whatever. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. But I mean, these ideas, these are sort of work to rule union practices. We can talk about that in a second, but let's go back to the proximate idea here, which is understandably trade unions want to keep their wages in line with inflation. Yeah, fair But enough. inflation has been generated internally by the state itself. Okay, that's the first thing. Yeah. So it's a sort of a, a weird misnomer. Second thing is the society and the economy is only generating tax revenues from certain areas. And because Baumol, our friend William, identified what happens is the high productivity area drags up the low productivity area. Yeah. The low productivity area then gets paid more than it should actually, right? Yeah. But it's all disguised in this overall idea of national agreements, right? Yeah. What you see in Ireland is the following, right? There are 385,000 workers are impacted by the latest deal, right? That's a lot, but it's only about 15 or maybe 16% of the workforce. Mm. So we're talking about, what about the other 84% of the workforce that don't work in the public sector, right? The gross pay of the public sector is about 21.9 billion for, was for 2022, right? right. That wow. has risen quite, quite dramatically. For this year, it's going to be around 28.1 billion. Wow. Now, people okay. will say, hold on a second, there's now more public servants working, so it's paying more people. That's fair enough. Economy's growing, okay. population's growing. But the question is still the delivery of services. So yes, you can look at that headline figure and say, okay, fine, that has increased quite dramatically. But if you look at the figures, right? 10 years ago, the public sector bill was 16.2 billion. It's now 28.1 billion. So it's increased dramatically over this year. Huge, There's been yeah. a 73% increase in the public sector pay bill in a decade. Now that is huge, Yeah. right? Yeah. Given we know that in the last decade, inflation has been running at around 21, 22%. Mm. So 73% increase in the public sector pay bill, 21% increase in inflation, what gives, right? Now, public sector workers will say, well, there's more public sector workers. That's fair enough. Right. They'll say the population is growing. That's fair enough. Right. They'll say we have to employ more. Is That's there really that much more public there, sector there workers? There aren't that much more. There aren't that much more, right? Yeah. Okay. But the point is, let's park that and just say to people listening to the show, is the delivery of services to you and your engagement with the public sector, has that increased dramatically in order to make realistic or in some way justify those wage increases? Because mm. that's the productivity. And yeah. that I don't know. Yeah, That I don't know, but I suspect not. I suspect not. And then you think, okay, well, who at the table, John, is representing the 83% of workers who are paying these wages? Yeah. Which are the people in the private sector. And I don't think anybody. Well, is that not supposed to be, you know, the the government who <laughs> are supposed to be representing the people? Well, this is the interesting, are, now this goes back to our insiders and outsiders. Are yeah. the government representing the people who pay the wages of the public sector workers? Or are they representing the public sector workers and the mandarins within the system themselves? Mm. It's hard for me to know. But it's a, it's, a, it's a question worth putting out there. But the other issue is I don't want to do is drive this wedge between workers in Ireland because most Irish people have a public sector worker in the house, have a private sector worker in the house. You know, I've got loads and loads of, of our family work in the public sector. So it's not dividing people, mm. but it's asking questions that need to be asked. 
is the service getting better? Because clearly the wage bill is much bigger. Is the wage bill explained by increasing headcount? Is the wage bill explained by increasing in population? Or if it's not increased by uh, explained by that, are we getting better services? If the answers to all those are vague, then you have a problem. And if you look at the detail of what was announced this weekend, if you look at anything, so for example, you think, well, if the, let's say Board Planola, if Board Planola's workers are getting paid more, does it mean that the waiting time for planning is linked to that? Yes. Which it would yeah. be in a normal company. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It isn't. You'd have your targets. It isn't. Yeah. So if you don't have any targets, you can't measure. And if you can't measure, you can't manage. This is the problem. So it seems to me that we're going down this road where we have a big part of the economy, let's say 16% of the workers, which is not necessarily target-driven. And the people who suffer, the people who use the public sector, who are the end clients of the public sector, which is the public. But you see, like I understand everything you're saying there. But then you have to break down the public sector as well. So there are certain parts of the public sector that are certainly underpaid, I would, I would, I would suggest. Yeah. And as a result, we're training them and losing them. And what I'm referring to... Nurses and teachers in particular. Nurse, exactly. Nurses and teachers are being trained here, which we're paying for as well. And then they're, they're upping and leaving. And they're going out to wherever they go. They're uh, going to Dubai in huge numbers. I well, think. yeah, that was always the case. I mean, but when they're going my mother's Australia, they're going to England everywhere. and wherever. They're going yeah. all over the place. They're, but they're leaving here is the yeah. point. And they're leaving here not just for the experience and for the travel, but for the pay, especially for, pay. for, for especially the pay. teachers. And a pay and all medics, yeah. all nurses. So what it seems to me, and you can correct me and probably put figures around this, it feels like the big pay rises are the kind of upper management of civil servants and stuff. Well, and and then the the kind of frontline workers, the people at the coalface, teachers, nurses, young doctors, cops, military, the whole lot. Are not are, getting paid at all. Are, are being fleeced. Well, that's exactly the issue. So if you look at the wages at the very top of the mm. public sector, now imagine these people can't get fired. So getting fired, if you get a that's big, a particular gripe a, of mine. If you get a big wage, right, and you're really well paid, the normal idea is that there's a commensurate risk involved. Like you're, you're, you know, you could get fired, you could screw up, all that sort of stuff. These guys can't, right? If you look at the average salary paid to this 18 civil servants who head government departments, is 237,249 euros. That's the highest level since the crash in 2009. Hmm. That's a lot of bread. Now, the question is, are those guys and the upper echelons, right? I mean, you saw that during the RTE where so many people were above 100 grand. Loads, right? Are they eating the lunch of the cops, the soldiers, the nurses, the teachers? Yeah. And therefore, it's the cops, the soldiers, the nurses, and the teachers who are paying the price for this. I'm not sure, but these are questions I think any podcast on Irish economics should throw out there. And again, this is, we won't answer all the questions, but it's worth looking at the figures. My sense is that we've got the multinationals throwing off money. Yeah. That money is easy money. It's easily earned. It's easily spent. That's driving this Baumol idea of cost push. The top civil servants are saying, well, you know what? I wouldn't mind the sort of Google wages, but I don't particularly want the Google risk, but I'll take the Google wages, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they're driving it up. All the while then, John, is you have the state negotiating with the trade unions on inflation 
inflation that the state is causing itself. Mm. So rather than looking at the areas where inflation is high, it's just paying wages to compensate for where inflation is high. So this is like, do you ever see the dogs chasing their tail? Yes. They're going around and around and around and around and around. At the moment, Ireland, in this sector of the economy, looks like a dog chasing its tail. Because think about it, you get inflation, that begets more wage increases. More wage increases beget higher costs. Higher costs beget more wages. Higher costs beget more inflation. And you sit down again in a year's time and you go for higher wages. Away you go again. And there's no intervention in the middle to say, are we going to stop this? But then, Mackie's, is it a question of leadership? Somebody coming in and kind of grabbing everyone by the scuff of the neck going, here, you're not getting that pay rise and spread that out well, a bit I more. Think, I think what it is, John, is at the moment, Ireland is in a sweet spot where the multinationals are throwing off far more money than anybody expected, right? That means we've got soft budget constraints at everything where the government is involved. Yeah. Because the budget constraint is malleable. You know, the money's there. So all the while you're getting, well, it's not that big of a problem. What happens in these sort of cases is that in the good times, this is why we always say very bad decisions are regularly taken in the best of times. So in the good times, you're not worried about this sort of stuff. You're like, yeah. ah, it's going to be grand. Yeah. It's fine. The money's coming in, right? The question is what happens in the event of a crisis. We're going to talk next week to Martin Wolf about the risks in the global economy. And because we're a tiny economy in the globe, these sort of risks have an amplified impact on here. So at the moment, it's a sort of let sleeping dogs lie now that we're getting all our dog analogies, mm. right? <laughs> Chasing dogs, sleeping dogs. It's like it's grand let it f- for a while. Yeah. But in the long run, what basically happens is if these costs are baked into the system, mm. which they are, if revenue were to fall and if we got a shock to revenue, then this will become a massive problem. And so you're probably right. It's better to deal with this stuff now yeah. when you have the wherewithal yeah. than wait for the crisis where everyone's back is up and everyone's positions are entrenched. Yeah. That requires leadership, but leadership also requires an understanding of what's going on. So if inflation has been generated by the state and the state is making that inflation legitimate by negotiating with the trade unions, through higher wages, then you have no sense of anybody seeing the big picture. Like joining the dots and saying, okay, Mm. what's causing what? And that's a bit worrying. It's barking mad. (laughs) I'll see what you did there. Talk to you next week. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.